afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I love that little introduction music, you know. I envision, like, everyone getting up and dancing. I was dancing. And then it's like the call of the soul, you know, like the call of the wild, that part in the middle, the call of the soul, you know. And around here, all of a sudden, the wind stops blowing, you know, all the birds were singing, the birds stop. And it's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's, it's really great to have your own show, you know, man. I encourage anybody out there that has a passion for a particular subject or more to contact BBS Radio, get your own show. You know, it's worth it to have your show to reach the people out there. You know, radio is one of the mediums in existence for such a long time, and you can spread the word throughout the world, and even just speaking the words out into the atmosphere. And it's like pressure situation because you know people are listening and you got to talk you just can't not talk because then you get that awkward silence you know that sometimes people get the mind goes blank so to speak you know and if it's not flowing smoothly and quick um, then it's just no good you know what I mean so I always try to talk continuously I've had shows where I've invited guests on, and I will have some more in the future. But generally speaking, I don't know too many people out there that talk about the things that I do, you know, specifically near-death experiences about the soul and the spirit, you know, and meeting God and, and the nature of the universe. Really, though, what else is there, my friends? I mean... I feel bad. I feel smart developing themselves spiritually because that's what we're here to do. Really, take it from me. I'll tell you the truth. That's why we're here on planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy of the universe. It's like an address, right? Imagine writing your address out. Blake Ruby, such and such address. San Antonio, Texas. The, well, you can maybe make it up, you know, like the, cool solar system of the Milky Way galaxy of the universe. And just imagine, just think, you know, envision, if you will, please, how incredible the situation we all belong to here on the planet, a ball, beautiful cobalt blue ball, floating in the velvety blackness of outer space, controlled by some power that's rotating the world on an axis of about 600 miles an hour, where we can get a day, a half a day of sunshine, half a day of darkness, revolving around the sun and also revolving our solar system around the Milky Way galaxy and our galaxy around the center of the universe, all held into existence by the might of some power that we know very little about, some call gravity. But it doesn't really matter what you call it, right? It's the power that if it wasn't for that power, we would cease to exist. And that's the truth. You know, if the sun were to extinguish itself, we would, within eight minutes, we would cool down to a cold, ice-cold ball of a planet and spin off into outer space. Of course, everybody on the planet would die. Every life form on the planet would die. That's why we should be grateful all the time, grateful. Say your prayers, please, everybody. 
thanks, whoever you want to call it, God, the creator of the universe. I know some people, they're kind of just beginning on their journey. Me, I'm 69 years old. I just had my birthday. So I've been around, you know what I'm saying? There's a lady I'd like to uh, send my best wishes to right now and send a, a prayer of healing. She's 100, almost 102 years old. She's the mother of one of our Toastmasters members. I'm a member of three Toastmasters clubs. And for those of you that don't know what Toastmasters is, it's a public speaking club where you learn to talk in front of people. And I went to one today, 9.30 in the morning, imagine, getting up at 9. Not getting up, but I got up around 8 o'clock. And I had to be at this meeting by 9.30. So just imagine you're in a room, just imagine you're in a room with 10 to 15 people at 9.30 Saturday morning. You're just woken up a little while ago. And you're there to talk. So stand up and answer questions and just do some extemporaneous speaking, you know, impromptu speaking. It is fun, actually, when you get good at it, you know, and you know how to get good at it, you practice it. Because why, my friends, have you ever been embarrassed? Now, some people are natural. They're born that way. Other people have to work at it, you know, for a long time, like me. Maybe a couple, three times a week, you go out, you constantly submerge yourself in that environment. You get used to it. You learn to talk. But you always want to try to get better, right? And be the superstar that you know you are. Hey, that rhymes. Be the superstar that you are. And don't, don't say different. Don't try to fool me, you people out there. I know you are. I know you're a superstar. I know you got that within you. And God intelligence, too. You have a little piece of the creator of the universe in you. And that's a fact. And you can do great and wonderful things if you only train yourself a certain way. You know, some people might already been doing great and wonderful things. The billionaires out there, you know, Matt Musk and Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Donald Trump, Putin, he's a billionaire. They've got a gift and they utilize it. If they got a little help from the parents, also, a little bit of luck, a little bit of God's blessing fell upon them, and the next thing you know, they've got enough money to not have to worry about anything, you know, except for kind of worldly issues, life and limb, maybe some relatives, you know, who you give money to that they might hurt themselves in some way. You know, I imagine, you ever wonder about that if you won the lottery? And say you won $50 million. And you know you're going to have to give some to your relatives. And if you do, that's cool. That's what I would do. But let's say a car, a brand-new car, and they go out. Maybe a young man, 18, 19 years old, and gets in an accident, you know, seriously injures himself. And if you look good about having bought him a car, so in other words, if he hadn't won the lottery, he'd be okay. Maybe still alive today, you know the worst happened, if you know what I mean. But winning the lottery would be cool. And I think it's controlled by God, the 
creator of the universe, or if you want to think about it, the mother and father God, who are in heaven on the sun. I saw a really cool near-death experience yesterday. You have to check it out, please. His name is Ray Kinman. It's on YouTube, K-I-N-M-A-N. When he was nine years old, he was walking in the schoolyard with a friend. His friend was practicing judo, and he said, I could show you a move. And so Ray said, okay, show me a move. So he threw him over his shoulder, but the thing was he landed on the concrete sidewalk on his head. And he got up and he said he started running, and then he passed out. Next you know, death experience, he left his body, you know, typical near-death experience, looking down on his body, lying there on the sidewalk, and then getting taken up into a, a timeless place, you know, where there's no time. Here on Earth, you know, again, there really isn't time. There is just the revolution of our planet around the sun, and the rotation on its axis, which creates half a day of light and half a day of darkness. But he said, he realized, now he's like 50 years old, that we're actually living in the eternal present moment of now. There is no yesterday, and there will be no tomorrow. Just like I take my fingers and I go, snap my fingers, yeah. Well, now that is in the past, but actually now, the moment of now. And he realized that he was a beautiful light being. And when he was in the spirit as a light being, he was immersed in a kind of love that he didn't know about, didn't remember about, just a beautiful, incredible awesome, enveloping kind of love which just grew stronger and stronger and stronger. And he realized that the universe is a lovely, beautiful, incredibly awesome place. And all those stars out there, he said, and I've heard this before, I might have heard some of his near-death experience before, but I've heard this. Each and every star out there, every sun, like I said, a mother and father died on the sun, belongs to a person who was alive at one time, and now they're in the spirit. Now they can still reincarnate in other planets, but to get the co-creator God, you have to go through that purification process of reincarnation from one life to the other until you've achieved a near-perfect status. In other words, co-creator God status, where you can then have your own little patch of infinite space out there. You know what I'm saying? And create your own sun and planets and spirit children and just help perpetuate and propagate the physical universe, which was the plan that the Supreme Creator had in the very beginning when he, she, or it created the Big Bang and the universe began forming in accordance with God's will. And what an immense explosion that was, what forced that started the physical universe creating itself one solar system at a time. And then when you have so many solar systems all bunched up in the group, then you have a galaxy and a new galaxy begins to form 
begins to form one soul system at a time and so on. Amazing. Every single star, you know how many there are? There's like hundreds, they say just in the Milky Way galaxy alone. There are hundreds of billions of suns out there. I don't believe there are that many in the Milky Way galaxy. I think they have a tendency to exaggerate. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to I don't see how they can factually prove there's that many, you know, without counting them individually. But then you don't know exactly how many are out there. We can only see so many even with the most powerful telescope. I don't think we can see every single star or sun in the Milky Way galaxy. But just imagine if he's right when he said that in his near-death experience, that every single sun out there is a living spirit, living soul, who used to live in the physical universe at one time and went through that process of reincarnation to they achieve co-creator God's status. He said he heard a beautiful music that was going on throughout the universe. Every single, from every single person out there, every star, there was music that was emanating. It all kind of meshed together beautifully. It all was in harmony with each other. But the universe is, is a, a beautiful creation that has music at its foundation and love, lots love beyond your wildest dreams, my friend. Love that, that you've never known. Here on Earth, you know, we're going through these lives and there's a lot of sorrow and pain and depression. But it's a struggle, and it's a struggle to try to get through that. You know, it seems like when you get older, you get more wise, and wisdom comes more enjoyment because you know that you're winding down. You're, you're one day closer to death, you know, one day shorter of breath. And No. Near this experience, but she was told it wasn't her time. What does that mean? Now use your analytical mind. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Doesn't that mean that you're supposed to die at a particular time? That you have an expiration date? Am I right? So I'm not right. Yeah, that's what it means. My wife had a near-death experience. She was going down the tunnel. She was in ICU for six days, intubated. And I walked over to her, and oh, it was so sad. She caught pneumonia, a very um, rare form of pneumonia. And she um, lost control of her lungs and so she had six days with a tube in her throat, intubated, right? And I was stroking her head and praying for her. We were all praying for her. And she pulled through. That was a miracle. And thank you, God, for that. Very much. Thank you, God. And she said she had a near-death experience. She saw the tunnel. The very common thing that people see with near-death experiences, a tunnel. 
Now I submit to you, and I've said this before, based on my research, a tunnel is nothing more than a connection to a sun. It could be this sun in this solar system. It could be another one. People are born on suns. Spirits and souls are born on suns because why? They're made of light energy, and the suns are the sources of light energy throughout the universe. Now, some people who are well-traveled and old souls may have been born like I think I was on another sun in another solar system in another lifetime. I believe I've got probably at least several lifetimes under my belt. And so these tunnels, the sun of that particular solar system now, you have to understand that you don't have the five physical senses when you die. You, you can't see with your eyeballs. You can't hear with your ears. You can't feel with your fingers. And you can't smell with your nose. You're in a different kind of... You're in spirit form. Pure spirit. So then you block out all the light that you see with your physical eyes. And it's kind of like there's nothing between you and the source of light. So that source of light could be 90 million miles away or could be in another solar system, you know, many light years away. But you get into that tunnel, and it's like a wall to a very, a very high rate of speed, even flying, you know. And the closer you get to the light, to the sun, the faster you get, and the, you know, and you realize you're home because... That is the nature of light. You are a light being. Your spirit is made of billions of electrons. And they're all vibrating at a particular frequency. Might, each individual cell might be like a small happy face, you know, giggling, laughing, and beautiful, alive, and vibrating. Just incredible, right? And so Jackie was going through the tunnel, and a voice said, it's not your time. Let go of the tunnel. She was trying to grab it to get taken down the tunnel. And uh, so, therefore, my friend, that proves a very important point that maybe you didn't consider or hadn't heard of before, is that we all have expiration dates. Right? Are we tracking the sheet of music? The first one. In the future, or you could die tomorrow. And if you die tomorrow, would you be, answer me truly, would you be satisfied with your life the way it is right now? Would you regret anything that you've done or not having done? Would you be remorseful, maybe not being kinder to people, not being more loving to people? for having lost your temper and made people angry at you, for not being as generous as you should have been, the person on the corner, the homeless person who you could just reach into your wallet and give them a dollar or two. You'll have a life review. Everyone has a life review. And it can be shown in different ways. It could be like a hologram. It could be like on a TV. And you will relive, we will relive our lives from the moment we were born, even before then, 
when we are in utero, so to speak, when we are in our mother's womb during fetal development, when our spirits come into our baby bodies at that time, usually after the heart starts beating, at any time between then and when we exit the mother's womb and all of a sudden then are in this material world for the first time, you know, when a doctor slaps us on the back, cuts the umbilical cord, and we started our lifetime. And all of us, let me tell you this, all of us, every single one of us, without any exception, has been given a mission. Before you are entered into your mother's womb, you are given a mission to perform. And that is your goal, to perform your mission. And there are no minor missions. Every mission is of equal importance to God, to mother and father God. They want you to be successful, to fulfill your mission. Why? Because it contributes to the growth and expansion of the universe and brings glory to the Supreme Creator, providing the Supreme Creator with the growth that he, she, Male and female, otherwise, that it's really not a he or she or it, but I beg to differ because I think the Supreme Creator is both male and female. That's why you have male and female on this planet and other planets throughout the universe. There is always the male and female aspect. When we're born, when our spirits and souls are born, created, we're created as a whole, kind of like a circle, and then split into two. It's you and your soulmate. And that's the way it goes, according to my research. And then you split up, you go your separate ways, and you live your lifetimes through the process of reincarnation, being born on different planets all the while developing yourself spiritually, evolving yourself to uh, the highest level possible. In other words, reaching co-creator God status. Then you hook up with your soulmate. And I might be wrong about this, but then that's when you start to create your own solar system and your sun and your planets and your spirit children. And there in the spirit world, the spirit realms, they have something like reproduction here on Earth. And I learned this uh, mostly, I learned this mostly from the great and late psychic medium Sylvia Brown. Have you ever heard of her? She passed away, I think, about 10 years ago. I read a few of her books. Very brilliant woman. You know, and she said that she was in constant contact with a spirit guide named Francine who had lived during the 15th century, and she was always answering questions for her about the other side and the nature of the universe and the, the human spirit and soul. And she told Sylvia Brown, she learned, I guess, through her, maybe through other means, and or through other means, that... When we get to the other side and we're in the spirit form, we'll be predominantly one kind of sex 
or another. So mostly male or mostly female. And if you say mostly male, then it's going to be a great time, my friend. You know, there's no time there. So there's plenty of time to meet people, all the people that you've heard about before in the past that known all the famous people that maybe you've seen on television, relatives, beautiful, beautiful people who will be in the prime of their life looking, you know, about in that age 30 kind of mold. And there were no defects or, you know, I mean, age, they don't, there's no age there, you know. So they wore glasses, they wouldn't be wearing glasses to see them again in heaven. Or if they had bad teeth, their teeth would be perfect, you know, to be happy, joyful. And so many beautiful people. Did you like maybe some, if you're a man, some beautiful women? You know, I can think of quite a few myself that I would like to hook up with when I get to heaven. There's this one girl who lives in California. Her name is Susan Tillerson. I had a crush for her when I was in San Diego. That's a long story. But um, some famous actresses like singers, um, Enya. You ever heard of Enya? I feel a connection with her. I think I'm a soul friend of her. You have soul friends. People that know that you're here, you know them. When you get to heaven, they'll be like a reacquainting, a familiarity. I feel a familiarization, you'll be more like remembering all of a sudden who they are. And once you shed the kind of like um, the memories of this world, then you'll be reacquainted with the way things used to be before you were born on planet Earth. There's so many beautiful people in heaven, my friends. You know, and famous people, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy... Einstein, and all these famous people down throughout the ages, Tesla, brilliant minds, brilliant musicians. Just think of all the rock stars that have died and gone to heaven. Jim Morrison, um, Leonard Skinner comes to mind. Um, so many beautiful, wonderful musicians, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, all these old people from back in those eras, you know, those cultures, all living together, you know, with just one mother and father God and a supreme creator of the universe. And then there are mother and father gods of other sons too. And then of course the great central son of the Milky Way galaxy and the supreme creator of the universe that say resides in the great central son of the universe, which is the largest forever will be and what forever is and will be the largest son in the universe. Because it was the first son. I think as an estimate, approximately 10,000 or 100,000 times larger than our sun. You know, it's an incredibly large sun. It's a world, you know, where millions of tons of hydrogen are converted into helium every second. It's a world on fire, but it's a very special fire. You know, all throughout the universe, when you look up into the evening sky, you see those suns out there, those stars, and they are... It's not like when you light a match, you know, or a candle. It's a different kind of fire. But your spirit can live in that fire. It's like your spirit can live. I know I repeat myself sometimes, but for the benefit of those people. So, you know, you've read stories or heard about people burning the lava fire and there's a wailing or gnashing of teeth because they've committed this 
crime, you know, murder, rape, physical abuse, sexual abuse, what have you, and they're doing their time there. There's no eternal damnation. Don't believe that. If you are a loving, forgiving person, then you have to understand that the people that made that up were not too loving or forgiving, and they're trying to intimidate people. Had it with power and authority before in the past, control them happy, get their money, lead them down the road. But they didn't know the truth themselves. There is no eternal damnation. The mother and father got it very forgiving. They're not going to condemn somebody, one of their children, right? Our father who are in heaven, their children of you metamorphosized into back the way you were, and then you get burned again all the way down to your crisp, and then you flashback or whatever you want to call it. The same thing with demons. Some of the demons there, you get torn apart by some of these really nasty demons in hell. I went to church on Wednesday to choir practice, and one of the guys in my choir is a mortician. He said, towards the end there when we were getting ready to go home, it was a 19-year-old boy who got shot nine times and killed. That he probably was a member of a gang. Now, the people that do that, the gang members, you know, understand why they're that way. And I synthesize. I really do understand. You know, they don't have a lot of love growing up. Not too many people showing them love. And it's a school of hard knocks growing up, getting beaten up, getting hurt in different ways. And they find friendship and camaraderie and maybe a little bit of love in the gang, you know. But then they have to do these terrible things in order to stay in the gang to show their loyalty and show them that they're brave and to go to hell. You take like a, a hitman in a gang that's already killed several people or more, people that sell drugs, you know, and they're used to killing people all the time. They're going to wind up in hell and and I was telling them, sometimes it goes above people's heads. You know? There are some really nasty demons in hell that you're going to wish you weren't even born, that you didn't even exist. I look like Trinosaurus Rexes, you know, but kind of deformed with sharp teeth and claws and tall, like about 15 feet tall. And they don't have an ounce of mercy in their eyes. You look at them, their sole purpose, what they were created to do, was to terrorize you to the core of your being, to try to purge you of your evil, purge the evil from your soul. And they'll rip you apart, bite you into pieces, shred you with their long claws, hear you screaming and you're crying and they love it, and all of a sudden then you're back to normal and the process repeats itself over and over again. You relive that pain because the spirit body can't feel pain. So, my friends, the moral of that story is, please, be careful of what you not only think, not only what you say, not what you do. I mean, be careful what you think, say, and do, because it could come back to wind you up in a place that... Take it from me, I tell you the truth. No one wants to be in hell. It's a place where there's very little light. It's 
smells. I read all this. You know, I've done a lot of research. Lots of people been there. Learn from them. You don't want to be in hell because it is nasty as hell. And the smell there is so odorous and putrefying and rotten. Make you wretch and vomit if you had a physical body, but you're there in the spirit. And there's snakes everywhere slithering around, inflicting the occasional bite and poisoning the spire. People there who are wailing and screaming and crying and pain and remorse and repenting, but they have to do their time. Then they could get released from there by a prayer from a loved one or somebody, you know. That's why. Be generous with your prayers, my friends. If you know someone says eventual destination for someone who committed suicide, it also plays a purgatory, which I think might be on the side moon. Don't laugh. It's real, you know. And there's millions of people that have committed suicide, you know. But you can free them up. You can get them back on their soul's journey reincarnation, getting them back to heaven, getting cleaned up, rehabilitated, and back on their journey to try to achieve copiated God status one life after another on different planets throughout the universe, my friends. Only if you would pray for them, like it's a simple prayer. God, creator of the universe, I have so. They committed suicide the other day. I've known a few people who have committed suicide, God. Please, I ask. It was too much for that person. It weighed heavy on them that they did this, you know. They that feels guilty. It's understandable. They didn't get a love, a love from their friends, from their parents, or maybe the parents had passed away. Please have mercy on their souls, God. Bless their souls. Help them. And I guarantee you, unless God really wants them to stay there, they'll be free. How about that? Can you feel it? Can you feel that? That will work. With your prayers, in other words, my friends, set some people free and be the co-creator God apprentice that you are. You have power to do You can do miracles. Remember, to God be the glory, right? You say the prayer, God makes it happen. Don't get a big head about it. You know, nothing wrong with a big head, right? I've heard people say that before. Hey, you did great. You know, you are amazing. Don't let it go to your head. Why not? I would love a big head. Like some of these extraterrestrials out there, they have really big heads. Why? Because they're brilliant, super intelligent beings, you know. And for them, growth includes growing their heads. It's cool. Think about where you came from. You were when you were a baby, you know, when you were born a baby. Think how your head has grown since then. Think about how your body has grown since then. Taking drinks of water and those ETs. They're out there. You know they are. They're just having contact because we're, I mean, this is the bottom line, my friends. We're a violent species. Still got a war going on in Ukraine. You hear all the time, fighting one place or another. Lots of wars in our past, right? Anybody want to disagree with that? I thought not. Lots and lots of wars. A human being is a very violent species. But we've made a lot of progress. You know, as people, thanks. 
you know, treat her better than they ever had before. And with good reason, my friends, women are the future of our world. We need to embrace them as the co-creators with God. They are. Raise them up on a pedestal long because imagine men out there, how would you like a baby to grow your body for nine Just imagine that. I don't think you would like it very much. You don't have a lot of empathy towards that because we're still evolving. It's a slow process. But suffice it to say, women are only just now they should. We need more female leadership in the world. I'm not saying before the shows are not going to send their sons some meaningless war satisfied from politicians. You know? There's no need to die if you don't have to. You don't have to die for your country. Does your country really care? I mean, do they really care if you go and die in a war? Is the cause of the war, the reason for the war, a satisfactory die? I think not. Some people, my father was in World War II. Some people who died in World War II or Korean War or Vietnam War, they could still be living today in their favorite, enjoying a sunset, swimming in a beautiful ocean, feeling a breeze on their face, smelling and beautiful flowers or the perfume of their wife and having sex with their wife another time. Drive a car on the freeway listening to the radio, you know. But now they can't do that because they've gone out to fight in some war. So I understand patriotism, but I don't think it's good enough reason to, you know. I know there's a song that says, League Greenwood, God bless the USA. I won't forget the men who died. He gave that right to me. Okay, that's true. Freedom. We've earned our freedom, you know, I guess. But in this world, you know, who our enemy is, is we don't. Why do we want to fight with the Russians? Why can't we be friends with them? You know, Mr. Putin, he looks like a pretty cool guy. He's got his own way of doing things. We just got out of Afghanistan recently. We were killing hundreds and hundreds of Afghanis with drones and missile strikes. So how much different are we from them? We're hypocritical when it comes to condemning Mr. Putin for the Ukraine war, you know? And we were just in Iraq recently, too, doing the same thing. You know how many people died, how many innocent civilians died in the Iraq war? And we're going to condemn somebody else for doing it? We are very hypocritical as a nation, you know? Now, I've been in the Army, I still work for the Army, but I question why some politicians want to throw us into a war. You know, if I was active duty, I would have gone. I would I get there, and I've read lots of stories about people, you know, they don't want to. Like this one guy, he was in Vietnam, it was a near-death experience, he was a door gunner. So they were flying one day, and the pilot, who was a major, saw what looked like some soldiers marching down on the ground with rifles on their shoulders. So he radioed back to the door gunner, 
I'm going to make another pass at them and mow them all down with a 60 caliber machine gun. That's another bad thing about war. You kill a lot of innocent people, you know, besides you know, getting yourself killed, you know. So this individual, when they swung by again, took a look, and something didn't quite seem right because he'd been doing that job as a door gunner for quite a while. Good about this. And so he radioed back to the major and said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the major said, well, if you don't do it, when we get back, we're going to have you court-martialed and you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. And so he, there was another door gunner there, and he said to that door gunner, okay, you mow him down. So-and-so's not going to do it. We'll take care of him later. So they swung back again. And the other door gunner was not as bad. He said, no, I'm not if he doesn't feel right about it, then I'm not going to do it. So the major went off and him too. Said, You're both going to go to prison. You know, I'm going to throw the book at you. You're going to be court-martialed. You're going to regret not having obeyed my order. You disobeyed a direct order. So the, one, the first door gunner said, well, do us a favor. Just swing down, get a little closer, and let's take a look at them just to ensure they are who they are. So Major agreed. He swung down a little bit closer, and they could tell that there were just children following a Roman Catholic priest with weights and holes on their shoulders. And so that Major didn't have anything to say about that afterwards. Just imagine if they killed like a Vietnamese children, beautiful children, alive, you know, with brains and hearts, enjoying life breathing in the air, enjoying the sunshine, you know, life, like eating their favorite meals, drinking their favorite beverages, sleeping at night, all of a sudden wiped out by some irresponsible, quick, brass decision. was kind of misguided. For the sake of freedom, you want to believe that. I'm not sure I entirely believe that every one of those 58,000 soldiers that died in Vietnam died to give us freedom in the United States. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate their sacrifices. And I know that they're in the third world. And they might have already reincarnated on another planet already. Beautiful men and women who died sacrificing themselves. And that's the way it has been, my friends, throughout the centuries here on planet Earth. And why is that? Because planet Earth is a planet of the lowest evolutionary category in the universe. It's the number one on a scale of one to nine. What does that mean? It means it's a planet of solos. Planet of solos. And there are quite a few of them around the universe. I mean, if it isn't one thing, it's another, you know. There's a million and one ways to die here on Earth, you know. Either the animal life will get you, you know, because we're not high up in the food chain, or by poisonous snake, or stung by a poisonous spider, bitten by a spider. I've mentioned it before on other shows. And the atmosphere weighs heavy on us, you know. It affects our thinking. We try to get enough sleep. You know, we work our job. Some of us are stressed out. We drive on the freeways, and there's a lot of danger always on the highways. You know, so many thousand people a year alone in the United States die 
vehicle accidents, you know, motorcycle accidents. All around the world, people are dying in car accidents every day. 40,000 people a day die around the world. 40,000. About that many are born also. So, don't get me wrong, planet Earth is a beautiful, beautiful world. It is a jewel. It is a jewel universe. There's so much life here. It's a variety of life. 30,000 types of fish in the ocean, seas, rivers, and lakes. Over 10,000 types of birds and reptiles. Over 9,000 types of amphibians. Over 5,000 types of mammals. Over so many, I don't know how many tree types there are or how many flowers, but tens of thousands of them. And all these fruits and vegetables around the world. Hundreds hundreds of different types of fruits and vegetables, my friends. Well, they're created for us to eat, partake. And when we get to heaven, they've got the trees of life with 12 kinds of fruits. And they're not all You could have heaven. There's 12 kinds of fruits in heaven, I guarantee you. If you get to heaven, you will see them there. It's a beautiful place. Heaven is wonderful. It's a world of light, right? You know where there's a world of light around here somewhere? I think I see one off in the distance there. I don't know any other place of light where we're going to go to, gravitate to when our time ends, when we reach our expiration date, and we pop out of our bodies, and we go, pulled by that magnetic power to wherever we go as far as we've developed our soul. You know, we could go underneath the surface of the earth to that place down below called God's Jail, as I was mentioning earlier, or we could go here on top of the air like ghosts. You heard them? Usually people that have died suddenly and violently and who think they're still alive, but we can't see them, but we know they're out there. And then there are those that rise up from the earth, up into the sky, up, up, up beyond the clouds where there's another environment there, like a low heaven, if you will, with beautiful creatures made of spirit matter, where kind of like a transition point between there and that world on fire, 93 million miles away, where your spirit can live, I guarantee you. You can live in any fire. Your spirit can live in any fire. Why? Because it's made of electrons. And electrons live in fire, my friend. Take it from me. When you get there, it's a such a big world, is it not? You know how many Earths you can fit into the sun? Probably about a thousand. Suffice it to say, there's a lot, a lot of spirits that live in heaven right now. People that used to exist, used to walk this Earth at one time throughout the centuries, all the way back thousands of years. People from all different cultures. In different eras throughout the earth, people you've heard about, other people you didn't hear about, from all kinds of different indigenous tribes and peoples, all there worshiping only one God, even Father God, and the creator of the universe. There is no religion in heaven, and it's a beautiful environment. You don't have to worry about bodily fluids, you don't have to worry about sleep, you can still eat. Isn't that amazing? The spare body very closely resembles the physical body in any way. You have the same facial characteristics. You can change. You can 
morph into like an H30 mold, as I mentioned previously. And you're joyful and happy and you meet people who um, might have died uh, you know, early on uh, for Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, who were persecuted throughout the centuries, people that were back in Roman times, burned uh, at the stake, you know, covered with tar and became human torches, people, Christians that were thrown in the rings, being eaten, torn apart by wild animals, bears, wolves, dogs, lions, tigers, you know, that was their entertainment back then. So that shows you just how far we've come since then, that evolution is a very tangible thing, you know, that people now don't do that sort of thing. Maybe occasionally you have you know, people that go to dog fights or rooster fights, that kind of thing, but it's not the same. So we are evolving slowly, you know. The goal, my friends, is to graduate from this existence having achieved your mission, knowing what your mission is, and that requires introspection, a lot of study and research, a lot of learning from other people. And when you know what your mission is, and if you have safely and successfully accomplished it, then you are ready to graduate from this existence into a higher level of spiritual existence. So in other words, you would graduate from a Category 1 planet to a Category 2 planet. And I might even venture to say if you have excelled in your lifetime with your spiritual development that you could even jump grades and maybe go to a Category 3 or Category 4. I'm not 100% certain about that, but according to my research, that is possible. Now, me, I think I'm an old soul. I've traveled throughout the year, probably got quite a few lives, past lives that I've lived on other planets throughout the universe, not just in the Milky Way galaxy, but in other galaxies, our solar system, and I'm working my way to that evolutionary process called reincarnation. I believe that I've come back, as a lot of people do, their souls in their evolution because we're all about helping each other, you know. We're all in this together and helping other people is what it's all about. That's where they get the love, the love to come back and help people to understand who we are, where we came from, where we're going, what the nature of the universe is about. So there is a loving creator out there. There is so much love that you have a mother and father God that created your soul and your spirit and you are aspiring to be like them through that process of reincarnation, one life after another, purifying your soul, learning, evolving, until you have achieved co-creator God status, my friend. One lifetime worthy, and you then go live on different categories of planets throughout the universe all the way up to a Category 9, and a Category 9 planet is as close to heaven as you can imagine. It's a beautiful world with bright colors, colors that you didn't know existed. The, the brightness there is just is hard to imagine how bright it is. And everything is pristine, pure. There's no pollution, of course, no air, no water pollution. There's no killing there. Animals don't eat each other. There's nothing but love, 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 love. And then from there, then you could graduate to co-creator God 
status. And then find yourself a little patch of space and going the right words to speak. Speak different things into existence. Imagine creating a sun, my friend. Having a sun, a star born in your solar system. It just requires a knowledge of the cosmic forces that are in existence that can't be manipulated by a knowledge of them. You have to be very disciplined in that regard, and you have to do it with your soulmate. You have to do it together in synchronicity. At thinking and speaking the words in synchronicity, having that knowledge under the guardianship of maybe a higher spirit, supervising that, if you will, overseeing that, that you can achieve that same kind of solar system, or let me rephrase that, like we have here on Earth. You know, our mother and father God have a beautiful solar system here with all these different planets, you know, Jupiter, Neptune, Uranus, Mars, Pluto, Venus, Earth, Mercury, you know, all these, you might think that they're useless planets, but they're not. They can be visited in dreams. Did you know that? You can go there in dreams. They're beautiful planets, they have a purpose. They serve a purpose. Just because you don't think that life can exist on them, as you know it, doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't some form of life there that you're not familiar with, that we're not familiar with. There's a moon of there called Ganymede that has a race of human beings living on it, but that's another story altogether. I've mentioned before in previous shows. How am I doing on time? I think I'm just about running out of time, my friend. And so suffice it to say, you can create your own planet after you study and learn what kind of planet you want, you know, what kind of life you want on those planets what kind of atmospheric conditions. You can choose everything, just like you chose everything before coming to Earth, as far as your body, your parents, you know, maybe accidents you'd be involved in, some kind of disease maybe that you had, all bringing glory to God, helping other people grow in the process. You know what I'm saying? Well, my friends, I think I'm going to be given a short amount of time here to say goodbye in. So I'll say it right now. I wish you the best. Remember, say your prayers, please. Know what God looks like. The creator of the universe is like Aurora Borealis. He travels around the universe. He's like an actual force. He can be in it. So any kind of face, all the beings that he's created throughout the universe. And there are many, many, many of them. So pray to him. I'll pray like I pray right now. Creator of the universe, we love you. Thank you for everything. Please bless us, everybody. You are awesome. We love you. Goodbye, everybody. I love you, too. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.